Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. It is a beautiful day in Indianapolis as we recorded this week's episode of Speed Streets. Welcome back. Thanks for being with us. We have IndyCars getting ready to be fired up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway coming up on Friday and Saturday, of course. We got a big show. We finally locked in Felix Rosenquist. I think <laughs> Connor, he was like our first guest target back in like the summer of 2021 or something like that. I've texted him like possibly 10 times to get him on, and we got him finally. We got like a locked him in at Rev over the weekend. Had a good conversation with old Felix Rosenquist from Arrow McLaren, coming out previewing this weekend and the 500, and he's talking all things about what's going on in his career and over at Arrow McLaren. Uh, and then the boss man, oh, I'm sorry, he's got a couple questions for us. Dale Jr., I'll hear his voice this week. He uh, is, is asking Connor to meet some things, so he's going to be here. Big show. Big week, as always, here in the month of May. Can't go anywhere without Connor Daly. What's up, man? Not a lot, man. It's just uh, all is finally moving forward. Like, just today, we record this show on a Wednesday. Uh, I have, like, three appearances after this show. I got to go to the track and get my golf cart, put my stickers on my golf cart for the uh, for the month of May golf cart activities. Thanks to Cindy Elliott from Elliott's uh, Custom Trailers and Carts for that golf cart. Uh, we've obviously got our uh, motorhomes out there as well. Um, so yeah, it's just all happening. We were on the simulator yesterday. That was our last day of travel uh, for the rest of the month. Uh, we are here now in Indy uh, forever. It seems like uh, till the end of the month. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all it's all happening now. Love seeing uh, what we had over the weekend at Rev. Uh, for those in Indiana, you kind of seen a little bit about Rev. Uh, fun little event uh, at well, not little event. It's a massive event actually at the Speedway which really kind of kicks things off. A lot of drivers there got to speak with a lot of different folks. Um, so yeah, all the festivities are happening. We're basically, I look at my schedule, my little calendar on my phone and, uh, every day has something on it. So, uh, every day from now on, uh, has things on it. So we're, uh, we're, we're locked in and, uh, and yeah, Joey, what, I mean, I saw you had your motor on out there too. We had thanks to Mount Comfort. Mount Comfort got us all sorted out there again. 
Uh, did you spend, have you spent any nights out there yet? Have we stocked it up with supplies? What are we looking like? Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, fantastic motorhome out there. I know yours is, is great as well. Thanks to Rusty and the Mount Comfort team, of course. Um, it actually worked out perfectly because last year I was in the museum lot, like on the inside of the museum lot. Now I'm on the other side. So like it's the museum lot, but I'm on the other side of the bushes. And so it's more of like flat ground and there's like a little lawn right behind us right there. Oh, nice. Uh, the boy can go play in the grass and we can have, you know, little picnics out there. Haven't stayed the night yet. Plan to do that this weekend starting. And um, yeah, we stocked that sucker. We went to Costco, <laughs> dropped just an inordinate amount of money for the month of May. So um, we're ready to go. We're going three wide on all the drinks in the fridge. Nice. And, you know, we're at Indies, so we got to do it that way. Uh, three wide Miller Lite, three wide water, three wide Coke, all the way through. Um, and we're we're pumped, man. It's it's very very exciting times. Um, Rev looked good though, and you had a good time. Yeah, with great event, uh, raising money for uh, for the IU Health uh, folks there. Obviously, the Med Center at the Speedway is is an IU Health medical center. Um, so great to interact with folks, and we all dress up. You know, big red carpet. A lot of great restaurants from the the city of Indianapolis. I mean, I I actually I think I've underappreciated Rev uh, because I got to do it this year uh, with my girlfriend Amy, and she's obviously new to it. But she was like, "Well, if there's a ton of food, why are we not trying all the food?" And I was like, "That's a great question." I'd usually just gone there to go there because it was like basically a required appearance for us to kind of knock one off the list. And, uh, and, you know, we, we are assigned to a few different restaurants. Like I had, uh, Abiyoko Pizzeria and, uh, Jugs Catering, which is obviously normal there for the Speedway. And, and then, uh, the Taxman Brewery, Taxman Brewing Company and, uh, great foods there. Like I usually only go to the restaurants that are assigned to me, try it. And then boom, we do our appearances and leave. But like, we really started to get adventurous and start to try all these foods. I mean, there's sushi there, there's pizzas there, there's all kinds of different dishes uh, there's even donuts. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was fun to get, get, get moving around a little bit, but went to the roof of the speedway as well. Once it got dark to see kind of, um, you know, what the, what the party looked like from above. So it just feels right. Just feels good to get, get out to the racetrack. Uh, talk to a few of the guys, talk to Tony Kanan for a little bit about what's going on in the world. Um, and that's always a, uh, a, a, a great conversation. So yeah, it was a great event. But I, I, I think what was happening with you was uh, was even more cool. I saw, obviously, you were at the Kentucky Derby, so an event that I have yet to been to, have, have yet to go to, very high on my list of events to do, and 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 thankfully it's an NBC event as well. So Marcus Erickson was down there. Also, he got a good interview. I saw on the broadcast. Um, the, I, I there's a bit of hopefully some Indy 500 coverage there, some maybe commercials. Uh, I watched a little bit of it here on and off, um, but what you got to do and, and the, some of the people that you got to interview, I thought w w uh, was fantastic. And before we get into the people that you interviewed, you're a horse guy. So you're a horse owner. Like you own a horse. Is this like, are you, is this like the Indy NXT? Like you're looking at like, hey, you're the Indy Light series. We need to get our horse to the Derby. Like this is the stepping stones. Like what, what, what do we, what, how does that work? 
Yeah, it's, you know, that's the goal, right? Is to get to it one day where you are kind of looking at that. But where I am right now, I kind of just get assigned, you know, the <laughs> West Point Thoroughbred, you know, whenever they're kind enough to give me a steak and uh, uh, one or two of their horses, which I actually have two now. Last year I had one. Oh. Vinco, All right. Vinco and Big Wicks. Um, they big were there. Wicks? Big, big Wicks? Big Wicks. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like that. Yes. Um, so got two of them. They are not, they weren't there. Uh, so I was just, I was kind of carefree living because my horses weren't racing. I was just there to bet on the ponies and do some silly interviews and, and have a good time, which I did. Um, but yeah, dude, it was nice. It's like, I will say whenever, you know, next year, whenever you can, if you can get rev off and make your way down to Churchill Downs, and we could caravan, we could make it a whole thing. We do IndyCar takes the Derby. Um, and, and I, it's, you, you have to do it. it. It is an absolute bucket list item. Um, it's a blast. It's a two day event. Well, really a three day event. If you go Thursday for Thurby, <laughs> but you have Friday, you have the Oaks and Saturday, you have the Derby itself and the whole day, man, you're dressed up, you're looking fly, you're taking photos everywhere. There's a bunch of famous people there. You're drinking drinks like crazy you're betting on ponies you're smoking cigars all of which i did this weekend so it was fantastic uh i felt like i was kind of you know marcus was obviously the indy 500 representative there yes um but i did a few interviews on the red carpet after i walked the red carpet and there was multiple like louisville tv stations FanDuel people who were asking me about the 500 they're like you know, now you're here, now, but we know you're a big like Indy 500 guy. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, but think about the Kentucky Derby, but it's even, it's twice as big and it's twice as fun. And it's just, uh, you know, a real party, you know? So um, I was pubbing out the Indy 500 as much as I could, man. I invited Jack Harlow, but I doubt he comes. <laughs> ah, no, I saw that great interaction between you and Jack Harlow. I even showed Amy. I was like, man, look at Joey out here just dapping up Jack Harlow. It seemed like a, a nice little environment. I enjoyed uh, your interview with Kay Adams as well. I'm a big fan of Kay. I got to do Good Morning Football once uh, many years ago with Ric Flair. Uh, she was very, very nice. Um, that whole group there on Good Morning Football were awesome. Um, yep. But, like, what was your highlight? Was it was it the Jack Harlow? Was it that lady that you interviewed where she didn't know who Patrick Mahomes was? I thought that was <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. <laughs> and she looked like that, per like, she something from Bugs Life. Yeah, no, so she was crazy. <laughs> and so, like, I walked up to her, and at first, I literally, this is how old that I am getting. I was like, whoa, like, are you allowed to be on camera? I was like, you look really young. Like, are you allowed to be on camera? They're like, I'm 21. I didn't ask her ID, whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, she killed it. She was in, like, the pre-fashion show for the Derby. So she oh, boy. made costume. She was with, like, people who made their outfits and everything. She looked like the queen <laughs> from Bugs Life. She did not know who Patrick Mahomes was, so I was pretty Sad. blown over um that man it's it's tough to pick just one because the whole weekend is just i mean it's a paradise dude like whenever i think i told you before but whenever you're going to the derby like that you know everything's like included in the price of the ticket so you're just walking up to places grabbing juleps grabbing beers you know going to the concession stand like just it's just a free-for-all man it's nuts so like wait so you don't have like when you get a ticket and you get there it's like an open bar in well, there like, yeah i mean yeah but it's like okay Think of it like a cruise, you know, like in a cruise. Oh, and like, hey, I did not know that. Yeah, you pay this much for the packet, and you're like, oh, okay. But then once you get there and you're on the cruise, you're like, holy shit, this is all free. It's not free. 
but it feels free because oh, you don't wow. have to put it on your card or your wallet. You know what I mean? Unless you're tipping, which yeah. you would tip the you'll tip the vendors and, and stuff. Respectfully, every yeah. But yeah, like you're sitting there, we're sitting in our fantastic seats in turn one, uh, this new area that they put at turn one in the Churchill Downs, and you know vendors just walking by, they're like drops, and you're like two jobs, they're like two jobs, and they hand them right there, and there you go, you're good to wow. go. Um, so yeah, you definitely have to go. I mean, the red carpet is super fun because you get to see so many cool people. Uh, Jack Harlow knowing who like I was and like coming to shake up with me was super cool. Um, but really, just the whole weekend is a highlight, dude. It's just like oh, yeah. yeah, every time you're there, it's like wow, this is definitely a bucket list thing. It was funny because celebrities were either at there or the Miami Formula One race. <laughs> like it was two two places. I mean. To get right into the motorsport of the weekend, you had all the people that were at the Derby, and then you had all the people at the Miami Formula One race. And there are a few things that I think people, listeners of this show, would probably expect us to get into yeah. because we, again, we we respect all motorsport, right? We I, I like to respect uh, Formula One because I tried to get there. Very difficult. Uh, some of the best drivers in the world. Uh, some of the best drivers in the world in IndyCar. Some of the best drivers in the world uh, in NASCAR. You can't say one is the best. Like, it's just, that's bad. And there was LL Cool J right before the be- right before the race saying that everyone here is the best and it was the greatest spectacle in motorsports, which right out the gate, send him a letter, we're going to sue nope. you. Like, it, I mean, it was, it was something that, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I look at the Miami race and I will give it credit for my gosh, it looks like a great event. Like that the paddock in the in the football stadium, uh, which apparently, according to my inside sources, extremely hot down there. Like they said the paddock was so hot because there's no air movement. You're in a stadium, and I was like, Well, man, that's why the dolphins put their opponents on the sunny side. It's like it's gotta be awful down there. Yep. Um but there was there was a lot that went on that weekend, which, again, I think a lot of the comments we are we are jealous of F one in certain ways. Um, I think there are so many celebrities down there. You know, you had Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, those guys. But that but that's their thing, right? Like they have billions of dollars, so F one is kind of like it's always been for them. You know what I mean? Um, but I think one thing we have to remember. And this might be the same for several different events. A lot of those celebrities get paid to be there. Like everyone thinks that like, oh, everyone just wants to go to F1. It's actually not true. Like a lot of those celebrities are invited by teams and maybe, you know, given some little dust on the hip, a little cash, a little, little money here. I remember talking to Chloe Grace Moretz at, in Austin last year. She's an actress, quite a famous person. And she was like, yeah, Williams Esports, like, paid me to be here and I was like what's well, great like that that's easy to come to a Formula One race then right like because like I'm definitely going to go anywhere that I'm going to get paid to go you know what I mean so a, a lot of these companies like Heineken they, they pay people to be there uh watch companies IWC like Tag Heuer all those companies will get their celebrities that they are involved with there so it's not like everyone was like hunting for like Patrick Mahomes didn't go to the website and buy an F1 ticket because he wanted to go no. see a race. It's like, no, Patrick was invited. Now, again, all these celebrities, 
they know about Formula One now more often because of the show, because of how everyone thinks it's cool. But there are so many people that get paid to go there. And there are so many people that like, I saw a bunch of tables. Like, did you see that whole area where they have like, basically like full cabanas and they're, they're watching oh, yeah. the race. And then some guy, I saw a great TikTok video of a guy who paid like three grand for tickets. And all he got was like a lanyard. And he was looking at people across the way with pool cabanas. And I saw, again, I'm a, I'm a big internet guy. I try to dive deep into some of the internet folk spaces. And you got to remember that the Miami GP might also pay people to be there, right? Because some of the people that were in those like cabana areas are just like club people. And they're like famous people that are just influencers, right? They're just like people that party and they're like, oh yeah, cool. We'll go, you know, buy alcohol at your racetrack for the weekend for free or to get money. So it's a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing. And again, we also do that for the 500. Like we don't necessarily just invite people and say, hey, like we'd love you to come to the 500. Like we fly people on private jets in to the 500 to make sure that we have celebrities there. So it's very common, but I just want to let people know that like, hey, this isn't, let's not feel as bad as we could, I would say. Um, but what's the red carpet looking like for the 500 this year? I actually year? do not. Do you, have you heard? I don't know yet. I, I think, um, we have the chance to probably have some really cool folks there. There, we always have cool people. Last year, Miles Teller, like having him there, I thought was really cool. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a great person to wave the green flag to, you know, to all kinds of things. Um, but they keep that under wraps. They do a pretty good job. Um, but that's yeah. kind of part of the excitement leading up to May, right? But uh, but this whole thing that F1 did, you know, to, to kind of continue the rant, I don't know if you saw it, but the LL Cool J intros thing. I, I was watching. I, I mean, IndyCar, well, Penske Entertainment and, and, and the folks at IndyCar had sent, ha- have sent a message to F1 about the, well, violating, you know, a law of, of, of copyright on, on the phrases, um, the a, a trademark law. Uh, around the F1 race in Vegas, right? Like they were using the greatest spectacle in whatever. Greatest spectacle. You can't do that. Uh, sorry, it's against the law. Uh, it's not yours. Yep. And then when LL Cool J comes out, I mean, it, it, it really does. I, I want to let you know, it does make folks mad inside of our camp, the IndyCar camp, because I, I know personally, my stepdad, Doug Bowles, president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, if there's one person who hates to hear that and all these people trampling over our spectacle, which is easily the greatest spectacle in motorsport and all of racing, and it's 10 times the size of Miami, this boat race down there, essentially, uh, it, it's, 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 it's angering. So, again, F1 is targeting targeted attacks at us and, and everything, and they're trying to really get into it. And again, they are... <laughs> They're getting progressive, but it was something that made me angry. But watching F1 drivers squirm when doing a driver intros thing was hilarious. Now, again, Logan Sargent, love what he had to say. He got on the mic, right? I was like, what's up, America? He's our guy, obviously. Tough weekend for him, but he's our guy for sure. Uh, And we still, again, I have to respect the series, but it's it's very funny to see their reaction to the driver intros thing. I mean, it looked like a bit of a circus. (laughs) But like a cool circus. (laughs) <laughs> it's all weird you know you're like will i am is orchestrating oh uh <laughs> and a fire suit what I mean, huh like will i am an ll cool j what is this combination i don't know what the hell is going on um 
But yeah, man, I mean, straight up. So keep going off what you're saying. Just the LL Cool J, that hit me straight in the gut. It felt like somebody slid him a card beforehand. Because I'm like, no way LL Cool J is that much into F1 or motorsport. (laughs) It felt like somebody handed him a little note card before he went out there and was like, hey, make sure you say this exactly this way, okay? See, whatever else you want, make sure you say this. And that's what it felt like, and it fucking pissed me off, and I turned it off, and I watched an ass There you go. And I, and I, to be fair, I, I tried, I, I did the little recall button on my remote. I was like, mm, F1, uh, oh wait, there's literally nothing happening. Okay, the first 15 laps, you know, watching Max go from ninth to first, I easy. Trips, yeah. But like, no one challenges Max, so I, I, I don't actually think people that like F1 like racing, because I like racing, but there's not a lot of it to watch in Formula 1, so I... I understand, like, a lot of driving. Yeah, a lot of driving. Lo- if you love driving, boom, F1's your thing. And that's a great way to put it, actually. But I, again, I I, I, I don't, I will I will say that because it, it, it just makes me sad that we don't get as much attention. And again, it, it is a pure jealousy thing. I'm happy to, happy to admit that. Because if you are a racing fan, if you're not watching IndyCar, I don't understand how you can say that you're a racing fan of open wheel racing. Because... Formula One, I watched two teammates, Lewis Hamilton trundling along, George Russell, he's faster than Lewis Hamilton, uh, Lewis Hamilton just let him by. I'm like, I'm, that's not motorsport, that is driving fast, and if you get to an, an impeding car, that car lets you by. And it was like the same thing with Max, like everyone knows that Max's car is so much faster than theirs, that they didn't really care, it was just like, meh, Max will drive around us. And he was very fast. Like, Max put on a great race to get the win by a mile. But it's just it's just sad to see that, like, there's so much hype around it. But it's really just because you have to be there to be cool, right? Everyone with their 78 lanyards. I don't know if you saw how many lanyards people were wearing, Joey. But boy, do they have a lot of lanyards on. And I'm not sure if the more lanyards you wear, the cooler you are. I haven't heard that yet. But it's just... That's what I'm gonna do. Put on twelve this lanyards. Yeah. Oh man. Huh. We go to Dollar General. I'm just gonna. Yeah. But I'm gonna get like six. They have to up. be gold though. Like make one of them gold, and the other has to be like silver, maybe platinum, and like put a coin on one. Something that makes you like just Fair. a celestial being. I don't know. I will say, I'm just thinking about it in kind of terms of this whole. You know, the whole hype and excitement and celebrity around whether it's the Derby or F1 or Indy 500. I will say that now after two years in a row of being a part of and around the red carpet at the Derby, that the one at the 500 is much cooler. I love it. I'll tell you why. Because the one at the 500 is made for the fans and is very easily accessible, whereas the one at the red carpet, there's literally like two fences to where the spectators and the fans are behind, and then there's like the media and the camera people, and then there's another fence, uh, and then there's the red carpet. Yes, a separation so like, of yeah, the public. You, like, hey, poor people go away. You know, like I don't like that. Right. And, you know, so it's it's very like limited for the general people to be able to come to the red carpet, see these famous cool people. Whereas at Indy, you know, yeah, you will have to get there and kind of camp out. But even if you're not camping out, like I was. Ten feet away from Christian Bale, Mark, uh, and uh, Matt Damon yeah. in 2019. 
you know, I was right next to like Hemsworth the, the year before, like, and I didn't camp out. I just, I kind of like squirmed my way. It was right there. And there he was like signing autographs and taking selfies. Um, so I think that the overall number of celebs and famous people and cool people, if you will, like at the Derby may seem like the, the quantity of them is more than what we get at the 500, but I'd say your access and the location on the red carpet at Indy is way yeah, cooler. Yeah, and I, just, the, and and the inch, like I love that as well. We we do give people access, which is awesome. But I think the 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 fact that F one drivers as well, th this kind of goes back to our interview with with Jaime Algaswari, who again I think he said I was still pronouncing his name wrong. He sent me a message, but I was like, well then blame Will Buxton because he told me how to say it. But <laughs> if you haven't it. listened we to that episode, honestly, please do. It is a fantastic interview. But he, he mentioned something in his interview that, that drivers are being programmed to be machines. And when you see drivers say what they say about driver intros, which is supposed to be like an enjoyable experience. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, this is cool. Like, we're interacting with people, fans. Formula One drivers get programmed to be machines. And, and are you having fun? Yes. Bad. Like, I mean, if you had the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders and LL Cool J there, I mean... As a driver, I think that's awesome. Like, I'm going to go do my job, and I'm going to go do it to the best of my ability. But, hey, are we going to have a cool experience until we get there? Absolutely. Why not? I just, it, it's it's something to me that seeing seeing them say that, like, we have an hour's worth of driver intros at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Like, there's all kinds of things that we're doing. And NASCAR, every single weekend, you got stages and cool stuff. Because guess who you're trying to engage? The fans. The people there to support you. You know what I mean? And like people watching on TV. So I, again, it's another thing that since Formula One is now thrust into our faces with this show and like you, you realize what, how how people are actually built and, and made and like the, the mindsets. Again, I respect that. Like dedication, whatever you want to do. And like, oh, it's too hot. Well, I'm sorry. Your cars are like, your cars are way easier to drive physically than ours. Like neck wise, yes, you have a bit stronger necks than we do. But you have power steering. Let's not complain about it because you got to realize that there are other people out there that are dealing with way hotter conditions and way harder cars to drive from a physical standpoint. Not the switches and all the things, but it was just interesting to yep. see. I'm sure I'm sure this conversation will make some people angry that love Formula One, but again, I, I do like Formula One. My father was a Formula One driver. I have respect for it until the day I die, but it's it's still, you get to those arguments and you're like, how in the world, if you're a racing fan, are you not going to respect a series that actually does racing with really good drivers like the IndyCar series? So I, 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 I thought it was astounding to look at. And now again, the ratings for Formula One did, like they were less than the first Miami race. So maybe some people did actually give up on it and were like, actually, yeah, this is boring. I don't know. But for the first time, I was like, oh, ratings for Formula One actually went down so good for us. And Gunter Steiner said IndyCar ratings were going down. He's actually wrong, technically. Yeah, I was going to ask, what's up with this yeah. guy? What's who? He just sitting here spewing well, nonsense? Gunter, what Gunter Steiner hates America. Uh, he hates everything about America drivers and everything about us. Uh, and he's on the record saying that for years. So the fact that he's, I don't know how, now I, I like Gene Haas. I, well, he sure seems to like America and Formula One coming in, you know, fucking pigeonhole of their foot in here. Yeah, I mean, 
He is technically captain of the American Formula One team, which is not an American Formula One team. But Gene Haas, I respect Gene Haas. I love what he does because he's with, uh, you know, he's with some great drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series, and he's done a lot of incredible business in, in motorsport. But my gosh, having that guy as your head of an American Formula One team is so sad. But he's clearly wrong. Look, everything, a lot of motorsport has been up and down in ratings this year in general. But our ratings, I would say, honestly, for the series overall, have not lost as much as NASCAR had in a few races. So I actually think we're doing fine. We need to be more. But we need to go higher. We need to get better, obviously. But the, that he thinks IndyCar is dying is the dumbest thing ever. We've got seven more cars on the grid than he does. We've got 33 at the Indy 534 trying to qualify. So IndyCar, I think, is strong and on the way up. And and he, I think, well, it's just sad. I've always been, Gunter is just, it's astounding what comes out of his mouth. And I don't know how he's allowed to keep saying that stuff. But he's a Netflix personality. So he's he's a huge, you know, big, big fans of him now. Ah. Yeah, no, I, I liked your shout out. Your your calling out of him on Twitter. That was good. Yeah, me and Kenny then, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, racer.com. They came out with a report that, hey, since Long Beach, Detroit, Iowa, ticket sales are all up. So Exactly. And well, and I know. think that's solid. And, and I think uh, there was, I, I saw a few folks that, um, you know, were like, oh, well, you know, Iowa tickets might be a little expensive. It's like, I'm sorry, but we are not allowed to complain about that. If people are paying $3,000 for tickets to the Miami Grand Prix, you know, we're, we're paying a couple hundred bucks for some of the most competitive motor racing on the planet right now, if not the most competitive motor racing on the planet right now, and concerts, huge music concerts. So I think it, you need to be at Iowa. It's going to be a great weekend. Um, and uh, and there was a lot that went on overall this week, and there's a lot of NASCAR stuff. But I, I do want to get to Felix Rosenquist as well because I think to, to have him also say what's going on because again he's part of sort of an f1 team you know mclaren indycar mclaren formula one uh mclaren formula one had a lot of folks uh you know there this weekend as well um so let's uh before we get into nascar after the felix interview we will get into the nascar race because again there was a fight that happened after the nascar race which i found very interesting um and we will definitely have a few opinions about that joey i think uh, but but for now, I would say let's get to Felix and, and see what he's got to say. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. All right, as mentioned, we have a uh, very, very wonderful guest, uh, a, a guest that I have bothered about this show for many weeks, uh, many months, even in fact, uh, a very accomplished racing driver from all around the world, uh, trophies across many, many different countries and continents, um, an IndyCar trophy holder as well, IndyCar race winner, uh, driven for, uh, well, really good teams in IndyCar, uh, a part of the McLaren team right now, uh, Felix Rosenquist. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I'm sorry for bothering you for many weeks, but how are you feeling now? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling great. <laughs> it's good that we finally made it happen. I love it. Um, Didn't I mean to be it... a dick about it. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry. I, he just uh, had to wait and see. He said, oh, they got Jimmy Johnson. They got yeah. you know, yeah. Roman Grosjean. Okay, Cole 
now I can go. Got it. That's fair. Make That's sure fair. the quality was was there. Very high quality. Uh, we wanted to make sure the show was respectable enough for you too. But <laughs> I I think your path to IndyCar, I would say, is is very interesting. I like we kind of I would say we're we're similar in age, and we kind of I would say did the European thing, but you did a lot more of it, and you, you did the Formula E thing as well. Um, but a lot of people, I would say don't know how good you were in that European ladder system. I would say a lot of people would have thought, Felix Rosenquist, we're going to Formula One, right? How close were you, do you think, to getting into a a Formula One race C? Like, what what was the... Because, I mean, you won everything in Europe. Like, there was a lot of victories, a lot of success. How Like, let people know how close... Like, how close were you to getting into Formula One, do you think? Well... It's interesting over there. I mean, you know that because you, as you say, you pretty much did the same thing and you pretty much ended your European journey where I ended mine, which is yeah. I was in Formula 3 and you were GP3. Uh, did you do GP2 as well? No. A little bit. It was like, you're not the best situation. Yeah. A little bit of it. Yeah. But basically, when I came to that stage, it was just a matter of uh, of the, the good old budget. And yeah. <laughs> You know, as you said, I, I won many races, many championships, but uh, yeah, at some point I basically had to look for other options because uh, I just didn't, I, you know, I, I don't know if I wasn't good enough at finding sponsors or my, my dad wasn't rich enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it just didn't, you know, eventually the reality came like, hey, if you want to keep doing this, we can't, you know, find hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to try to you know do another year of formula three like we had to go to formula two and uh, and we couldn't so so i started you know i played around in gts um prototypes uh, and then uh did some indie lights actually uh that way back 2016 and and that kind of that whole i kind of had an upswing doing all that and and that led me into the formula e deal which was my first ever paid drive uh, when when someone gives you a contract and yeah. some cash on the side, so so that was pretty cool. And, and since then, I just kind of been you know, you know, I I I think my indie lights days was what kind of put my my footprint a little bit on, on this continent. And 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 that came back years later, you know, when when Ganassi was looking for a seat, uh, yeah, 2018 and 19, and and. It all came back, and 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 that's always been my dream to do IndyCar. So it was kind of full circle at that point. But uh, but yeah, the F one thing. I think were there any junior programs like that would like? Did you ever have any like like surely? Because at the time you were winning a lot, right? Was there no interaction with Red Bull or or any of these other programs that were like, hey, we need to get you on our on our roster, or was there anything like that? Uh, so I was with Mercedes for a long time. So from two thousand eleven till. 2016 i was uh, mercedes junior uh, and kind of the the thought behind that program at the time which looks very different to what what it is now was to get drivers into dtm which is a very yes. different series than it is today but you're probably familiar what it looked like back in the days like it was a pretty serious manufactured championship with mercedes bmw and audi massive robert wickens yeah. did it with a lot of good drivers yeah and it, it was uh yeah, it was uh, it, it was like a dream to get into that series at the time because you know it was also a professional championship and all the drivers got paid. Uh, but yeah, I, I that didn't happen for various reasons. I was kind of a 
reserve driver there for a while and uh, actually i did a few races my last season but then at the same time i had the thing formula e that came up and i thought that was you know dtm was kind of trending downwards and formula e was like on an upswing so i, I made a decision to kind of leave that program and, and go with something new which was obviously risky leaving a manufacturer but uh but yeah that that uh, mercedes obviously made my whole junior ladder uh, possible because they obviously you know they invested a lot in me and, and and they had me for many years uh but i think at that time we were probably i probably thought i had more in me to go you know to the bigger leagues and they probably had something else in mind so we we we, we basically split so uh, but yeah, otherwise, not not really, no Red Bull or anything. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Felix, you mentioned that IndyCar was your was your dream. Why here and not one of the other series? Why were you dreaming for that? I mean, I I grew up watching it uh, when I was really young. So when I was uh, eight, I think uh, I started watching uh, Kenny Brack. And me and my dad was like, this is way cooler than F1 because it was like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't know. Like we watched both, but it, yeah. it was in the middle of the night. It was kind of cool to like stay up with dad at like 11 PM and watch Kenny Ray. <laughs> you know, if there was like a rain delay, you would just like have to, you know, sit, like kind of have a nap in the, in the couch and dad would wake me up. And like, we followed all the races and that's actually kind of what got me into like the woke my interest for racing. So it was very natural to have that as a you know a, a goal in my career like if, if i can race indycar that would be awesome but i think for many years it wasn't really like like it wasn't in my reality to do it because i didn't have any connections over here you know i didn't have anything like all, all my all my leads to to a professional career was european based and like manufacturer based but uh yeah i'm happy how it worked out like i did a test in the lights and Palm Springs in oh, yeah. 15, I think, and uh, with the, uh, oh, I feel bad because I forgot the name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I did a test there and, and, and yeah, then I did a couple of races and that's kind of where, where the whole thing started. Yeah, it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty cool deal how all of a sudden, you know, you might get a little taste of it, you might get your foot in the door with the Indy Light stuff, and then when you got to IndyCar, I mean, driving for Ganassi, you know, right out the gate, right? Like it's, 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 that's a huge deal, right? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I would say right now, the the best team on the grid for sure. I, I think we can, everyone can, you know, you drive for a very good team, right? But I think Ganassi, when it comes to the stats overall, everything, and when we see the speed that they have, certainly at the speedway too, they've done a really impressive job. So working with them, was that, was that, I mean, Hard to start there, like because because everywhere else you're like, oh man, this is going to be hard to hard to beat. But like, good working with Chip and and Mike Hall over there and those guys. I mean, was that a pretty impressive environment to just be boom? Here we go. For sure, it it was it was kind of odd because I don't think I actually I, I met Chip once at Le Mans when I did it, and and apart from that, like I never went to the shop or really like saw the team before I actually yeah. got to work with them. I mean, I did a couple of tests back in uh, 2016. Um, we visited the team lead very quickly just to like make sure I knew the steering wheel and talk yeah. to some engineers. But I feel like I was kind of uneducated in a way. Like when I came over, I didn't really know. You know, I kind of thought that every team was like an athlete. I mean, they have a, you know, their <laughs> shop is like super nice. And it, it's, it's obviously one of the most impressive teams. And I, I knew that, but I, I think I somehow like underrated how how 
how like what a level they were operating at because uh, we have I mean we have some teams in the series that have like in total 12 employees and, and can yeah. have like a 100 plus uh, uh, employee operation and, and and so is our McLaren now so uh, yeah obviously I had the, the the joy to work with the two of the absolute best teams in the series but um, yeah it, it, it's hard it, in a way it's hard to start there because it's all like I had a lot of pressure straight away out the gates and people were even before I came here like people were expecting me to win races and 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 I, I think I had a lot of confidence coming in and then I the IndyCar kind of like you got the IndyCar smack in the head eventually like <laughs> yeah. to, like I did St. Pete which went went great and you know I almost won that first race and then I, I don't remember where we went but it was just like oh shit like this is <laughs> so <laughs> much more to learn it was this is hard yeah here. and I mean I was 27 years old so like I in a way I expected myself to be like a fully completely learned you know mature driver but uh, yeah it was kind of weird to be like to waking up being a fully rookie to to ovals and uh also a lot of the road courses I mean it was just such a new thing with like all the different tire compounds setups that you change all the time like in Europe you just drive with the same setup everywhere <laughs> yeah you're quick on one track you're quick everywhere and, and and that was not the case here so uh yeah very very like humbling experience do you have you tried to relay that to fans of motorsport overseas um that you know maybe you know, with folks like formula one who kind of perhaps look down on Andy car you try to say hey 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 what you just said right there about <laughs> we got all sorts of different setups and your car can be the quickest somewhere and then absolute shit somewhere else like do, do you have those conversations? Do you try to relay that message at all? Yes, but I, I think, I mean, Connor can come with, uh, probably uh, say his version of that. But I, I think when you when you haven't been here, you don't understand it. Like you have to drive it yourself to understand the difficulty. I think even watching a TV, you don't really get the challenge of it. Um, just a variety of those tires setups tracks uh you know there's new bits coming to the cars there's you know some tracks your engine is good sometimes it's not good and <laughs> there's different yeah there's just so much changing all the time and and even in the races like strategy wise like you can sit the whole week and like okay i'm gonna fuel save on sunday it's gonna be a fuel save and you're like prepping in your mind you're playing like in the simulator you're fuel saving and then all of a sudden everything just flips upside down like okay Three stops, the quality pace, the whole race, like it, Alabama. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like Barbara was that like that for us, and 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 you just never know. And I think that's the the hard part. Like you, you just have to be open and ready, and like you, you you can't just plan something. Like it doesn't work in IndyCar. But it's easy to defend IndyCar though. Now, like now that you're involved with it, like you're like, hey, this like yeah, I I get like personally offended when people start talking about how like like what their opinions are on IndyCar if they haven't watched it. Like it's something that I think we because you know how hard it is every weekend we show up physically, like physically it's so freaking hard to drive these cars, but also like mentally and everyone is good in this series. I think I think it's something that I I, I try to defend a lot. Do you do you think that there's like, hey, we gotta defend ourselves quite a lot here nowadays? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to market like the difficulties of the series because I mean, yeah. it's all auto racing. You watch it 
on TV and you're like, oh, how, how hard can it be, right? <laughs> and all those little stories are kind of hard to capture. And I don't blame the series for that, really. Like, it, it's just very hard to, if you're not really involved in the sport, it's hard to see. But yeah, I mean, I, I think every championship is super difficult in its own way. Like F1, it's mainly about being fast, right? I mean, yeah. fast, being able to look after tires. Uh, but like, if you're quick, you're going to be all right. But like in the car, that doesn't, like there's so many quick drivers in the series and it just doesn't, I think that was me. Like I came to the series, I, I was only worried about how quick I was and like it didn't get me anywhere. Like you got a pole here and there, but it's like, dude, like you're not, you're not getting into the top 10. And that, that's very different. And I think that's like where it's just hard to explain to people how that works. Like how, how can you be quick and not finish in the top 10? Like how does that work? And, and that, yeah, I mean, I think that's up to us to kind of tell that story and and obviously the i think the commentators do a good job but yeah until you uh, if you haven't been in it in the car you don't you don't understand have you heard of nordic knots the scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world with rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors but Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com Where do you stand on uh, your... The amount of times you've been viewed in uh, 100 Days to Indy, your appearances. Are uh, we, we media well? Are we happy? Are we like, what the hell is going on? Big star of episode two. Big star of episode two right here. Dude, I actually I haven't, I haven't seen episode oh. two yet. Oh, I, come on. I still have to see it. Uh, you and your lady play a big role in it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I saw some some uh, little take takeouts, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean they, they they haven't been bogging me that much. I think Pado, they're definitely in love with Pado. They're they're well, like Pado's got twenty camera guys following him at all times. So yeah, like <laughs> when when Pado does his debris, like they they're in our truck. <laughs> we all like me, Alex, and Pado are talking, and then like Pado starts talking. It's like yeah, oversteer, oversteer, blah blah blah. And then when he's done, like they all head out. They don't even like stay. Jeez. So so <laughs> yeah, I feel like I I saw that coming though. Like I mean, Pado is a very fun guy and he's very like marketable and obviously he's a good driver he's fighting for the championship so i i i could definitely see that coming but uh i, I don't complain either like I, I don't love having a camera in my face all the time but uh yeah i guess we all want to be get not not featured a lot but like featured <laughs> in the right light <laughs> yeah well i mean pole sitter at texas two years in a row like you you obviously get it there in qualifying like you get you and that team have done a great job there um I would say you, you've done, you've had some speed at the ovals for sure. I mean, all across the board, but did you expect to like ovals as much as you do? Or is it, is that something that has been a surprise to you? I think it was, I was expecting a hard time on the ovals in general when I came over. I mean, it's 
five years ago now, so it's, oh, yeah, it's a long time ago. But uh, yeah. it, first of all, it took me a long time to get good at them. Uh, it, it took me like two years before I could do results and ovals, uh, and it was a hard work. Like it's, I don't know how to, because like driving a road course is so natural, and I know that I'll be always be quick on a street or a road course, but the oval just took so much work to get there, like so much working against your how do you say like your natural yeah like it just it didn't come naturally uh now i think it does in a different way but it's still like as i have to work a lot harder on the ovals and the, than the road courses and it takes more discipline it takes more yeah just more thought in general and respect and, i guess is the yeah, word respect. yeah and it's now, like it's, i feel like it's the, the hard thing with ovals is maybe people don't know about but it's like you you can go quicker, way easier. Like it's super easy to be quick. <laughs> yeah. And then when when you find the limit, like it's too late, and then you're in the wall. That's what happened to me in, in in Texas. I was fighting a free car most of the race, and you're like, should I deal with it? Should I take out front wing, and then I'll be slower? You know, it's always okay. that like it, risk versus reward. Like you, you're fighting that all the time, and you have to be very disciplined with that. Uh, and every time I kind of ignored that i've been in the wall and, that, and that's just how it works and it's yeah it, it's, it's crazy hard, hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a great description of it though as well being a part of that mclaren team now that three cars full-time i think that team has the most employees in the paddock they've got the biggest stuff they've got the brightest colors they've got everything it's it's like a giant it's like as if you built uh an f1 team directly into the indycar paddock and You've got Alex Rossi there now as well. Obviously, very accomplished driver. What's what's that environment been like? Are are they running you guys rampant with all kinds of media activities? Is there enough time to focus on stuff? Is and and having Alex there has that added another level to the team? Because he, I find it, talking to him about it is very interesting because he thinks it's a completely different car to drive from Andretti, completely different things that he's used to, which is which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, he probably had. A pretty similar experience coming from Andretti to Aaron McLaren as I did from uh, Ganassi. I think it's obviously the team is in a different place today, uh, a couple of years down the line, and and obviously we've grown a lot. Uh, it, it's become a different organization. You know, it, it was. I think the roots are really there still from from the Schmidt Peterson days, though, which is great. I think that's a that's one other pure strengths of our, of our team like that core group is still there and it's a great bunch of people uh but obviously a lot of new faces coming into the team but I, I think gavin has done a mega job with that like he he's what when i heard like how many people they tried to hire in a short time it was like <laughs> kind of alarming uh, yeah i would i'm not jealous of gavin's job to make that happen but he he did really well and like alex crew which is basically a new car like it, it's all new people uh that's like it, it's worked flawless like his pit stops has been i mean maybe there's been one or two hiccups like but it has it, it's been pretty flawless and, and and that's impressive like i've never seen a team get together so quickly and also become integrated in the rest but uh we man, we have fun it's a fun team it's quite high energy like as i say we do quite a lot of media stuff i think it's you know it can be stressful at times but it, it's worth it when you see what they do because they do a lot of cool stuff uh, I think they kind of set the a new bar for the series. 
when it comes to to marketing and just fun like social media stuff and i mean i'm not like super active on social media but the team does a good job of capturing me and my personality and with other drivers uh and also having alex on the team now is great i think he he actually really fits in with the with me and pato uh he's a great guy super super clever i think and and it's very interesting to kind of hear his take on it coming from a you know obviously the other one of the other biggest or maybe the biggest organization in, in the paddock um but yeah super interesting and i think we, we've kind of found a balance this year where everything like i feel like we just learned from all that growing and, and now we're like in a in a happy window with, with everything felix who's a celebrity you would love to see out on uh the grid right before the start of the indy 500 who do you who would you want to see at the <laughs> indy 500? oh um we saw all the celebrities down in Miami trying to be F1 fans, even though they don't know what's going on, and they <laughs> support a racing series that doesn't do racing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she just do the same strategy. Paris Hilton. Oh, yeah, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> that is not who I was expecting you to say. But Paris Hilton knows Marco. But, I mean, I, I, well, I've met Paris DJ. before. Huh? She's a DJ. She can play some music. We'll get Paris Hilton to DJ driver intros like Steve Aoki did last year. Hell yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> interesting pick. I like it. Very interesting pick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dude, as long as they like the racing and they're into it, like, I don't care. But uh, There you go. It was definitely an interesting grid walk at F1, I thought. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Felix, I would say, again, highly, people don't know enough about your personality. I think Felix has a great time when he's out on the streets after celebrating race wins having a great time. I respect that out of you. And I think this month, you know, let's say, you know, I obviously hope to win things, but if you also win things, you know, there's going to be some celebrations that are going to happen. And I think the American <laughs> people, the American public need to see more, uh, more, you know, maybe celebration feelings. What do you think? Uh, no, you're right. I, I need to be more, I, I think it just comes down. Like I'm not very good at posting stuff on, on uh, Instagram. <laughs> now when I have That's a team, all right. Now when I have a team that is like I just retweet what they yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah maybe I need to like hire someone that follows me or something it's uh, it's something I've been just thinking. take one of the, out of seventeen thousand and you yeah. should be fine <laughs> no man if I let you call him so yeah. we like to before we let people go because I appreciate your time but I want to get and this is a purely speculative guessing game. But I want to get a a top three Indy 500 prediction. Uh, and it doesn't have to be in finishing order. It can just be three drivers you think will be in the top three of the Indy 500 in a couple weeks. Because we're all, I mean, I'm pumped. I, I cannot wait to get there. I think it's going to be a great time. Okay, so I can take myself. Yeah, you could. Technically, you could. But I, 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 will, I would take myself, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh Okay, I would say Palau. Yep. I would say Dixon. Two good guesses. I mean, those cars are going to be fast. <laughs> and I would say Patricio. All right, there you yep. go. That's a yep. solid top three. We've had some similar, some similar top threes and other guests that, we, that we've had. So. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, give us a quick Indie GP preview for this weekend. We feeling good about it. You guys obviously have been pretty much strong everywhere. Um, wh what are we thinking for this weekend? It looks like it's going to rain. We think it's going to be a rain race? 
Yeah, it, look, it looks like Friday might be wet. You and I were together in the rain last year. I never saw you, but you finished right in front of me. I had no idea that you passed me. <laughs> Dude, I think no one saw No, I didn't pass you. You, you didn't pass me. I, wait, where did you finish? Yeah, I finished uh, P, uh, P6. Okay, yeah, so then you were behind. You were right behind me. I just had no idea what was going on in the race, and I saw you afterwards, and I was like, how did you get there? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't think either of us saw anything. We just drove and matched <laughs> the fast cars. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I would love to have a wet race again because I think we're pretty strong in the wet. Uh, we, we're we really good there in quality, but we normally struggle a bit in the race, so mm. like dag. Uh, so that that's something we have to figure out. So I, I don't mind the weather. Um Maybe we cooked up something new on the setup for ADGP, but uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. Like, I feel every every time I come there, I, I'm qualifying in the fast six, and then I'm just falling, falling like a rock. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we have to we have to find something. But uh, I I like kind of like the track. It's I think the race distance is not optimal sometimes. Like mm. it, when it becomes a fuel save, it's kind of a boring one. But yeah. Uh, I, d I actually don't know what it's going to be like this week and haven't really looked into the race length yet, but uh, do we know? Nope. I assume it's just going to be the same. We're just going to try to save fuel at some point, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in the Fast 6 again, and we can just have have a good race instead of uh, having a crazy one. I don't want the rain, I'm, honestly. I'm, okay. I, I would like it to be dry. I would like to be dry, but we'll see. It looks like everyone is saying that it's going to be a bit wet at some point, so that'll be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, you guys are normally good there, so we'll just... I'll probably guess that one of you guys will be in the fast six. Well, fingers what, and toes crossed. What cross. makes you guys, if I can ask a question, what what makes you guys <laughs> so good at Indy? You've probably heard that a million times. Uh, it's the surface. It's the high grip <laughs> surface, and we are able to use that, and uh, sadly, it doesn't work anywhere else. So we, we have got a great car for the GP, great car for the 500. I love our 500 car. Um, and then when we come back in August, it's, it's usually, we, we usually been fast there too. So hard to understand, but it's, it's, it seems to be the surface and whatever tire that Firestone brings there works really well with our, uh, our package. And we, we desperately need to try to figure it out at other places too. <laughs> That's funny. And that's also a thing with IndyCar. Sometimes you don't know really why you're good. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know why you're bad and sometimes you don't why you're good and it's different tires and it's, it can be confusing, but. A lot of variables. A lot it of is. variables. Yeah. But hey, I, I think I'll see you in the past six. I love I, it. I love it. Felix, thank you so much for being on here, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, our whole group appreciates it. Um, and uh, Ben, I would would you like to ask Felix the final question of the interview? Because I wanted to get you more involved. Ben is a big race fan. He understands everything. Ben, do you have one final question for Felix here? I do. Ben's um, last shot. <laughs> this is my last shot. And I, I really briefly, um, so you talked about being in Formula E. What we had, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. Jaime Algashwari last I, week. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. he tested kind of some of the early generations of Formula E. Just like if you give us like a quick thing, what is the big difference making that transition to Formula E versus driving like the GP style cars in Europe and even IndyCar? Uh, it was honestly not that different. Uh, it's actually actually easier in a way because electric motors kind of have the like whatever you ask from it, it will give you. Like if you want thirty percent power, it'll give you thirty percent power. It's like <laughs> it's one gear, so you don't really have to play with gears or ratios. Like it kind of simplifies things in a way. But 
I thought a hard thing was probably braking because you have uh, regenerative braking. So parts of the brakes is like physical, like IndyCar brakes, basically like carbon brakes. And parts of it is like a motor that recharges a battery. And, and to set that up so it feels natural is kind of hard. And also the more regen you want, the harder it becomes to drive because it's kind of like a handbrake effect on the rear. I think now the cars are kind of different though. Uh, so this is way back like five years ago, but uh, the braking was pretty much where people made a difference. Like some people just couldn't deal with it and, and some people were, it, it came naturally to them. Uh, obviously the tracks are, are really small as well. So that was a big thing. You don't have slick tires. So they're like pretty much at the best when you roll out of pit lane and then they just <laughs> degrade. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. Like I had a lot of fun in it. There was a lot of good drivers and it was kind of like in a way like IndyCar, like all of, all of the drivers were super good. All the teams were super good, you know, all paid drivers. Like there was pretty much, if you didn't have a good lap, you'll be P20. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of all you need, I guess. I love it. Felix, thank you so much, man. Uh, Felix obviously is a McLaren driver. You'll see him. Uh, this weekend along with me uh thank you so much man we will uh we will we will chat with you at the racetrack all righty thank you guys have you been dreaming about paying off credit card debt installing solar panels going to college or even buying a plane yes someone really did that with a figure HELOC, your home can help you cover vacations, medical bills, retirement, wedding expenses, home improvement, emergencies, or a pool. The opportunities are endless. Unlock up to $400,000 and choose the fastest HELOC on the planet at figure.com. Faster than a bank loan, cheaper than a personal loan. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The young, blonde-haired, blue-eyed... Driver, Rob McLaren, Felix Rosenquist. Appreciate the time for Pam. Great conversation. We've been after him since like July of 2021. And here we are in May of 23. And we finally came through. He was our white whale. And, uh, and <laughs> we got him. So really appreciate him. Looking forward to seeing him more over the month of May. But Connor, now we got to let's get ready to rumble, my man. We had some big happen things in NASCAR over the weekend that was shaking up the motorsports world. I was a few drinks deep when I was seeing it and I was like, holy <laughs> hell, what's going on here between Noah Gregson and Ross Chastain? Yeah, I think, it, you know, this was a something that we had to get to. I, I listened to DBC Door Bumper Clear this morning, uh, heard their chats about it. I listened to Denny Hamlin's podcast as well. Two great podcasts under the Dirty Mo Media banner. Um, I mean, I think, first of all, that Anytime someone punches someone in NASCAR, big story. Um, and it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter where. But if there is a fight in a sport that's normally not for fighting, it's a big story, right? Like, I, I, I just, I love it for them because, again, no penalties. Like, everyone's good. No penalty for Noah. Like, we're all, everyone's fine. It, it looked a little crazy, but, like, the emotion of this sport is is cool. so strong. Uh, what we feel in these races, like NASCAR drivers get to let that out, which I think is so important. I think, and and this might be a, a weird thing to admit, but like I am sad that like IndyCar and F1, or what, I mean, F1, there's never going to be anyone fighting each other. But like in IndyCar, I don't know if it's like an, an arrogance or like we think we're better than that or whatever it is, but like, there are many times where I would have loved to have punched someone. But again, 
we're kind of built as well to maybe not necessarily express our emotions. I, I, I don't know, but we need it because it becomes the most talked about thing on the internet. It becomes, it goes on Sports Center. It becomes the most talked about thing on, with their, I've now, this is now three podcasts where I've heard it discussed. You know what I mean? It's on every podcast um, because it's entertaining. Like people watch television to be entertained. And I mean, I, I felt bad that Noah didn't get a swing in. Like that was, I, that security guy needs to be uh, like, come on, let these guys go at it. You know, I like the NHL rules until they go to the ground. You know, it's, it's fair game. Um, but I mean, Joey, do you agree? Like, do you think all of a sudden if there was a, doesn't matter what any car race it is, if there's a fisticuffs, if there's fists flying after the race, it's going to, it's going to get huge coverage. I do. Yeah. I, Gregson. Yeah. He, he bounced back pretty well from that punch. He took it. He oh, took yeah. it thought, um, I, you know, I see both sides because, you know, you don't want to come off as sticking your nose in the air. But at the same time, you don't want to never be able to express frustration, like you said. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, like this is just an example I'm thinking of. It's not because I wanted to see this person get punched, but like, you know, imagine if after Barber in 2022, you know, Graham Rahal and, and Roman Grosjean and are, you know, duking it out um, over by the spider, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course that would have been great. Um, do I think, and I know this doesn't happen every weekend in NASCAR, but, you know, it's all about timing, right? What I'm saying is that, like, you don't want to do it every weekend or every other weekend if it was IndyCar or whatever, because then it's just like, all right, is this WWE? Like, what, what are we going for? But sure, yeah, I mean, when they're, when that when the high drama calls for high reactions and hot reactions, then mm. not, why not? Yeah, not every race weekend. No, like we're not we're not saying go out there and try to find someone to punch every day, but like that might happen in NASCAR. Let's say they have thirty eight races, right? It might happen once or twice a year, right? Which is hey, that's fine. Like if if we have one of those moments happen during the year, people still talk about that for for six months. You know what I mean? So it's and and it's not something that we we have to do, but I but I know for a fact that I am literally so emotionally and physically and everything mentally in, invested in this sport that you care about it. And like, you know, Graham, you know, Graham running me off the track at, you know, at Barber, right? Like that's for 20th, you know, it's not, no, we're not, no one's 19th. Like no one's, that doesn't really matter that much. And again, Noah and Ross, like it wasn't probably for a great position for them at the time, but there's still a lot that can happen in those NASCAR races and there's a lot that Noah, again, probably felt from Talladega because he had just been rubbed a little bit the wrong way by Ross there. Um, but I just think that if there's a moment after the race where there's some, not even the, the for the win, but for the top 10, because it means so much to finish in the top 10 in IndyCar, if there's someone who has a problem with someone else, because there are drivers now just knocking people off the track in IndyCar left and right. It's just, there's no rules in our series anymore. So... It, it, someone else is going to get knocked off at some point in the top 10. Uh, usually not as much in the top 10 because people are pretty pretty respectful there, but it's going to happen. Um, and, and I just hope that there is some sort of altercation at some point, maybe some pushing and shoving. I, I don't think we need to be above it because, again, everyone's fine after the Noah and Ross thing. Everyone's good. Noah took a clock to the face, but, like, you know what? Everyone's fine. It's not like we're... People are out there getting sent to the hospital. Like, just a couple swings. Hey, we've expressed your emotion. I don't know. 
I, 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 I just, I see it as something that obviously it has to be, you can't encourage it because, you know, we, we don't want a bunch of fighting on the pit lane, but like, honestly, it shouldn't be not encouraged. Like it's, it's like, it's something that is so popular and it just makes, it just blows up. And, and sadly we're fighting for those viewers. We're fighting for these things. It's entertaining. Does it, is it, do people make fun of it sometimes? Yes. A lot of memes. But it ended up on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, it ended up on Pardon My Take. Like all the all the biggest podcasts in the world, essentially, when it comes to sports, we're talking about it, and that's huge for NASCAR. Like, I, I just yeah, I, I'm, I'm I see the positives to it. Noah's a friend of our show, friend of the show. Uh, Ross, I know he he's been very nice to me, um, but I I'm, I don't I don't agree with a lot of his moves at all. Uh, but I just think for, for that series, they are probably, and, and again, NASCAR, they have so many social clips about it, right? Like they had guys right there on the social team following them. So like, clearly they're all about it. You know what I mean? Um, yep. so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it for sure. Yeah. I, and I know this happens more and more, but I think, you know, what I would like to see is because what I feel that happens a lot is when an incident like that happens in IndyCar. I'm talking about all the track. Then when a microphone's stuck in their face after, or whether it's on social media after, you know, then even they can't, you know, you guys feel like you have to button up really quick and, um, you know, deflect and, uh, you know, save face for the sponsor, the team or, or whatever it is. Yeah. I was watched in the, I think it was the 2000, man, I can't remember which 500 it was. I think it was the 2009 or 2008. No, it was, <laughs> I, I'm trying to, was it, uh, anyways, Marco got ran off the course in the first turn or the second turn of the first lap. Um, I think it was 2009 and his day was done and they stuck a microphone in his face and he was like, well, that guy's an idiot. What do you expect when you're racing a dude like that? Who has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> like he's just a complete idiot, all this. And I was like, huh, I feel like I don't hear that kind of stuff that much. Now, everybody's yes. like, um, you know, it's just a tough, tough situation. And, you know, we're just feel bad for the, you know, uh, Range Rover Dorito, icy hot McLaren vehicle. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And then they would move on to the next thing. Uh, so that's where I'm like, maybe a little bit more of that. Not so much like Vistikovs, which I'd see what you're saying. And it would be viral and it would be great. But, but just even give me the sauciness of just the afterwards where you're calling each other out and call each other dumbasses or or jackasses, or idiots, so this guy sucks, or that guy has no business being here. That's juicy enough for me, and I think that's the same kind of run on, on social media, you know? Yeah, no, and, and you're exactly right about that. So I, like, Scott McLaughlin, Roman Grosjean, after St. Pete, right? Like, I, I love that it was a nice story that they all apologized to each other, but boy, I tell you what, a scrappy Grosjean and, and Scott McLaughlin fight would have been sweet, you know what I mean? Like, but the, yep. the emotion that Grosjean showed, like, you know, slapping the tires, like, that was great. I just wish there was, like, maybe a little interaction. But Scott, of course, continued in the race, so there was no there was no connecting until they all cooled down. Um, but, yeah, anyway, not promoting it, but it's, it's something that I do believe that I wish we could show more emotion. I wish our drivers and teams were more comfortable with it. Um, because, again, you can't argue that people talk about it. And it, it is on the wild, wild world of sports. It's on all the... ESPN television programs. Uh, it's on every podcast. So, 
just something to think about. No IndyCar drivers listen to this, but just something to think about for for our show. Um, but I, I I had to get to that. We there's a lot going on, but now it's all May. We're we're we're, we're focused forward. Uh, the Indy GP is going to be an awesome weekend. Uh, the rain is going to be crazy, like we mentioned with our our, our conversation with Felix. Um, but the bus is looking good. Everything is excited. We're all excited about this, and it's going to be a great month for Dirty Mo. We're going to get a lot of support from those guys too. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you think? Should we should we move on to uh, to questions from our from our boss, Mister uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Mike Davis? Yep, I was just about to say. I think it's that time. Let's do it. What do they got? So I'll ask Connor. You can ask Joey. I'm going to ask Connor. Connor, and he's going to answer this on on Speed Street. Okay. All right. I want to know. What's your most embarrassing moment behind the wheel of a race car? Mm. Wow. All right. That's for Connor. Mm-hmm. My question for Joey will be, what's your most embarrassing moment outside of race cars? Which means all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Joey. He's got to have an embarrassing <laughs> moment. I'm sure he – maybe a, a routine that bombed or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's see. We'll let him answer that. Yeah. So, Joey and Connor, we were looking for some embarrassing moments, and uh, I, we'll listen to Speed Street we'll for your answers. We'll see what happens. All yeah. right. Ah, well – Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr., that is a, a great question. Behind the wheel, an embarrassing moment, um, not necessarily in life. Uh, I always think stalling in the pits is very embarrassing. I, I think it's 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 very possible in these indie cars nowadays because they don't have enough power. People stall a lot more than you think. And I stalled at the Indy GP, uh, well, the, the Harvest GP literally last year uh, and that wasn't the most embarrassing, but like that's what I can think of right out the gate. Uh, we don't have enough power to launch these things, and so me as a driver, you got to be, you got to be on the clutch slip. You got to figure it out, and that was pretty embarrassing. So, uh, painted right behind Joseph Newgarden, fifth and sixth, and just having a great day, uh, stalled in the pit. So my mistake, embarrassing moment. Um, but uh, there's probably other things, but I, I try to avoid embarrassing things behind the wheel, honestly. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's listen. It's it's embarrassing for us regular pedestrian folks when we're in just our normal cars. If uh, you run out of gas <laughs> or the, the engine light's been on too long and it stops, and you're off to the side of the road, so can't imagine being on TV and doing that. Big guy, I hear you. Um, and I haven't like hit the safety car under yellow or spun under yellow. Like I haven't <laughs> had any moments like that. Hit a jet dryer, <laughs> not the Daytona yeah, 500. I haven't hit a jet dryer. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So. Dale Jr. mentioned uh, something about bombing. I had, I don't have one of those yet, knock on wood, uh, that I want to bring up because I try to avoid those as well like you do on the track. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a wild one here, Mike and Dale Jr., and uh, I think you guys will appreciate this one too. I'm throwing it back to the summer of 2006, right? Oh, you with me here. I'm playing in a baseball tournament. I'm, I'm batting. I hit a line drive back up the middle. Hits off the pitcher's chin, knocks the pitcher out of the game. Then I'm on first base, right? Because I reached safely. Ben, I don't know, are you a baseball guy at all? I am. Yep. Here you go. So you're following. I'm on first base because I reached safely. All right. I get my lead off. I'm watching the pitcher. As soon as he breaks to the plate, I take off for second base to steal. Turns out, I totally forgot that they had brought in a new pitcher to do to to relieve the guy who had been injured. So the guy was just doing warm up pitches as the relief pitcher, and I 
absolutely went full balls to the wall and stole second base while this dude was just throwing his first warm-up pitch as the backup pitcher who came in after I hurt the other one. So <laughs> I love it. She went and slid and was like, oh, looking up, everybody's dying because uh, I stole a non-existent pitch. Uh, <laughs> that's something that sticks with me. Also, hungry baseball was, guy, hungry baseball guy. Also, when I was in sixth grade, this is for all the church going folks out there. I was up in front of the whole church. I went to get communion like you do as a good Catholic boy. And the priest handed it to me and it, I dropped it and it fell on the ground. <laughs> In front of everybody in the church, I didn't know what to do. So what I did was just pick it up and put it back in my mouth and did the sign of the cross. I didn't know. Man, I still sweat thinking about it. So at least you didn't set the church on fire. That's good. It's true. That's this important. Yeah. So uh, you know, those aren't those aren't performance ones, or maybe necessarily my professional career. But I think the audience will get some kicks out of those. You know. I love it. I love it. We appreciate those questions from our our, our uh, fearless leaders. Um, I mean, yeah, hysterical. So I, I can't wait to hear more from those guys this month. Um, and now, uh, I think we can probably get to the random Indy 500 driver of the week. What do you Let's think? Let's do it. Let's can do we it. get into it. All right. I, um, well, well. the Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. For those who don't know Ricky Treadway, please use the Google machine. Uh, this is, uh, our favorite segment. Um, and I've had a lot of people comment on this, which is very funny. Um, it's like a lot of them think that I like know who I'm talking about, but like, I don't, I, I, I have tried to learn even my uncle last night. He was like, you didn't know Jose Lee Garcia. And I was like, no, I, I didn't know who that was. And he's like, yeah, you were pronouncing his name wrong. I was like, I know. I, I was like, I was trying to just use the Wikipedia. So again, Boy, my family, guys, come on. yeah, come on. We gotta, we gotta be kinder here. Uh, but anyway, I went with a more recent race because they were kind of getting getting jazzed up about the the race here. Um, this person, you know, it might be alive. I don't I don't know. We, we, but until we uh, until we read the Wikipedia, um, you know, we don't know. But and again, a more recent driver. If I don't know this name now, again, I've heard of this name before, but I don't know this person. At least I don't think I know this person. So this is purely going off of my dumb brain. Uh, we're going to go with the 1990 Indy 500. 1990 Indy 500, of course, won by the classic Domino's Pizza Wagon, Ari Leindyke. Uh, Great-looking car there. Um, but the 1990 Indy 500, we're going to go with, where did he go? The 17th place finisher, Dean Hall. Dean Hall finished 17th. Uh, Palo Alto, California. Uh, raced in the 1990, 91, and 95 seasons, only 21 career starts, uh, including the 1990 Indianapolis 500. Um, it looks like his Indy 500 career, only one race. He tried to qualify for three, only made one, and he made the race in 1990 with Dale Coyne Racing. So, hey, I know Dale Coyne Racing very well. Uh, but in 91 and 95, he did not qualify. Um, so only one Indy 500 for Dean Hall. So we got uh, got a little history here, huh? How about it, Dean? One more than I'll ever do, so I tip my cap. <laughs> That's all best it is. Finish, best cart finish was 11th of the 1990 Cleveland Grand Prix, which is a race that we should absolutely still be racing at in Cleveland. Love Cleveland. People are big on Cleveland. People hit us up all the time about wanting to go back to Cleveland. Cleveland, Milwaukee, those are two huge ones that people are always hitting us up about. 
Dean Hall, born November 16th, 1957. Like Connor said, Palo Alto. And uh, according to Wikipedia, he's still with us. So that's great. That's great. <laughs> At least I hope so. If he's not, boy, we are real. We are real losers. <laughs> we are sorry, and uh, there is no criminal record for him. As I see, that's good. Not not a criminal. Didn't die on a boat. <laughs> this is great. Didn't get eaten by a shark. Gotta love. Yes. It. All right, here we are, race weekend finally, uh, a race week, race weekend finally at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway 2023 GP this weekend. I'll be out there Friday, Saturday. Obviously, Connor will be out there Friday, Saturday. Um, we always tell folks, you know, the 500 is the spectacle. It's the it's the jewel. It's the gym. We all know that. Um, but if, you know, you got little kids or if uh, you've never really been out there or, you know, it's very accessible, uh, those are two great days on Friday and Saturday to be able to get around the track. Uh, to be able to see cool things, see cars go around, and uh, you know, experience racing at the Motor Speedway, you know, without 350,000 people there. If that's not what you're about, totally get it. So, uh, hope to see you guys out there. Stop and say hello if we do. Um, good luck to Connor. Obviously, had a had had a real solid uh, result um, at the GP last year. Hoping for the same this year or better. Definitely better coming up this weekend. All right, going to win it. <laughs> Joey Wolnero, Connor Daly, Ben Wallen. We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you next week on Speed Street. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.